This podcast is made possible through donations from listeners like you and our partners at Tallman Equipment. Tallman Equipment prides itself in having more linemen tools in stock than anyone else. And now, when you're shopping online at tallmanequipment.com, look for the truck logo that says Fast Ship on hundreds of items on their website. That logo means that item is in stock and ready to ship the same day in most cases. When it comes to getting the tools and equipment linemen need, trust Tallman. Line 11 Clothing Company, making apparel for our first responders with a positive message to patriots that you can be proud of. The proceed of the cost goes to helping our foundation ignite the fire for father engagement. Give them a follow at Line 11 Clothing on Instagram. And finally, Monzingo Knives. Each knife is created with craftsmanship that only a tradesman could provide. Find them on Instagram at Monzingo Knives and get your American-made Monzingo knife today. Hello, this is Jenny and David, and together we are directors and founders of the Show Up Dad Foundation and podcast. This is a ministry that encourages dads to become more than just a paycheck. Thank you for joining us today as we discuss our new marriage series, Lifeline, Marriage on the Line. All marriages, even the really good ones, need mending. The routine of jobs, kids, chores, and other commitments can overshadow romance and passion with any husband and wife. As a result, the couples can feel disillusioned or even alone. This is a platform for husbands and wives to come on and share what they do to be successful. Today, we are joined by Kyle and Haley Vandermel. They have been married for three years and together for seven. Kyle is a journeyman lineman for Patelco, and Haley is a stay-at-home mom since last August, but used to work for a chiropractor and also as an esthetician, if I said that right. <laughs> Anyhow, <laughs> together, they have two boys, a baby girl on the way, due in August, Congratulations, by the way, on that. And they also are a blended family. Kyle having a son from a previous marriage. We welcome you both to our show. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you for having us. We're excited to be on here. Absolutely, guys. Well, you know, um, we're just so happy that you're able to come on this. This is the third, right? Yeah, third, third, third episode of this. Um, this is something that they, our audience brought forward and saying, Hey man, do you guys ever do anything for marriages or anything like that? We're like, Oh, that's a great idea. You know, yeah. why not? So it, it seemed to really take off with our audience and um, we're just happy to be able to get guys like you and, and, and couples like you to come on here and just be able to share what you do to be successful. So thank you. Absolutely. Yeah. It's an honor. So with that being said, we want to just kind of dive real quick into this and, get right after the meet. Okay. So can you share with our audience what your preconceived ideas were about before you guys got married? Like, what'd you guys think marriage was? Yeah. Um, well, I think we both had a really good understanding or like a equal understanding. I feel like of women are more inside men are more outside um we knew that um it, we knew it, it's going to take teamwork yeah um, I learned a lot of that from my previous marriage um and we uh yeah we we, I mean, we definitely discussed <laughs> a lot of things before we did get married um of what we expected um roles and whatnot and yeah helping each other out when we needed to um I think with you going through a marriage previously that that led to us talking a lot more about things. Um, we lived together before we got married. Um, 
which isn't like the traditional way, but that was something that was important for us because, yeah. um, you know, we got some of the nook and crannies out and you know, yeah. <laughs> really figured out what worked for us. And, um, yeah. you know, before we got married, but I think we both grew up pretty, uh, Christian based families as well. Mm -hmm. So we had, we had some expectations from that, from, you know, watching on both of our yeah. parents and, uh, we've, you know, we've had mentors over the years from, you know, from our church and we've sat down with, you know, some friends from church and when discussed a lot of things as well before we got married and even sat down with our pastor and went over things and because we, we had our struggles the first few years um, of, well, probably the middle of the last seven years, we had some struggles <laughs> and, um, but definitely sitting down and having those expectations when we did get married helped a lot of it and we, uh, we run strong as a team now. Um, everybody always compliments us on that and whatnot. But yeah, I think the main thing is just uh, uh, like we, like we said, setting those boundaries, figuring out those roles. Mm -hmm. You know, helping each other out when you need to. Like figuring out, like you know, if I'm out, if I got stuff to do outside, she understands when I when I get home that I, you know, that's a priority. And then so like if she's been with the kids all day, she knows that I. I'm not going to come home and help the kids right then and there when I have those projects outside and stuff like that. And same, same for her when she's got stuff going on inside the house and I come home from work, I'll, I'll you know, she'll be like, Hey, I got a lot to do. Can you help the kids to bed and stuff like that? So those are rules that we kind of set beforehand. Um, when and we just having it. a clear yeah. communication yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. too with what we need and <clears throat> what yep. we need help with and yeah, communication is definitely key. That's uh, <laughs> something we've worked on for the last few years, big time. We, We're we, always working on it, let's be we real. Yeah, yeah, I think everybody does. <laughs> yeah, we uh, we communicate a lot. Um, and uh, one, of the, one of the biggest things that we learned, um, was it, I don't know if it was before we got married, but we um, plan out our weeks so we know what to expect. Mm -hmm. um, plan out our months she's she's more I'm or she only gives me a week at a time what to <laughs> like, expect she's this the is all you need to know <laughs> she's the monthly planner I'm like this is what we're doing this week this is what we're having for dinner this is what we got on the agenda um we, we live a very busy busy fast lives um yeah so we uh we got to make sure that we have our ducks in a row you know? yeah that sounds like uh traditional ro roles were kind of modeled in your homes and so you yeah. settled more into like a traditional style marriage yeah. definitely which is yeah. great yeah. yeah and that's usually like a biblical perspective wouldn't you say yeah yeah for sure yeah. um with that being said having those traditional roles and stuff like that did like like one of the things my wife brought to me she brought to my attention she's like telling me that like when she grew up as a little girl she always saw things on this in marriages right she she looked at television she saw this this marriage on television and it seemed like it was gonna be all perfect and the perfect marriage perfect wedding and i see that even with my daughter where she was even planning like her whole life her marriage how her wedding was gonna go and everything like that so with that being said how has that transpired into your marriage now? I think one thing like growing up for me personally, like my family did like absolutely everything together. I mean, I, sometimes I look back, I'm like, I don't even know how 
my family made it work, but like we were always like my brother played baseball. So we were, we all played baseball. I mean, like we were all there. Uh, my dad coached, my mom was in the concessions. I, who knows what I was doing, but uh, running around and, you know, like we went camping as families. And so for me, that was like something that I just always visioned in a marriage and in a family. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, every evening we came ho- or my parents came home and we had dinner together at, as a family and didn't matter who cooked it. Cause my parents got off about the same time where my dad loves to cook. So that was more his role. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's something that we've definitely taken. And I had those expectations that we had to really figure out. I mean, with our schedules and I mean, he works a lot more crazy hours and I'm here all day. So, um, figuring out like, you know, how that plays into our lives and with our kids and things, uh, how we can make it work. And I mean, we're at everything we can be together outside of his working hours. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and same for me. I, I grew up, we had dinner as a family every night. Mm-hmm. Mom and dad came home from work. Um, pretty traditional, you know, so that's what I expected, um, you know, growing up and seeing that. Mm-hmm. And um, I, uh, my parents have been married for, I don't know how long, 37 years now. Um, and so I learned a lot from them, learned a lot from her parents as well. They've been married for a long time, but we, uh, you know, like my expectations were definitely, uh, I thought it was going to be easier um when I growing up then you get you get older and you uh get married and it's uh you're just two different opposite sex trying to get along and different mindsets and it's a lot harder than you think you know it's uh you, two different like for example when we first started dating you know my parents they had their arguments they had their discussions and that's what I see and so I, I understood like growing up like you have to talk things out you got to figure out you got to resolve what's you got to figure out the situation, resolve it. Right. Mm-hmm. You got to discuss what's why you guys are fighting or whatever you want to call it, arguing. Exactly. Right. Whereas she grew up um, and she can talk more about this, but she didn't see a lot of that. Mm-hmm. So then when me and her had our first argument, she thought it was over. I was like, and like, she's like, breaking it's up. over. It's, like, I'm like, no, no. Like, <laughs> okay. We can figure this out. We'll just discuss it. Like, you know, and we, we've mm-hmm. learned, you know, that's definitely helped us grow in our marriage is learning how to communicate those situations and those hard times. And, um, I mean, the, yeah. uh, cause everybody has those days where they get frustrated and they have something that sets them off at work and then they bring it home and then it just escalates, 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 you know, and we've learned to deal with those things as well. And yeah, like I said, I think the biggest expectation that I had before getting married was, just being a family oriented marriage. Mm-hmm. And we both came into that that way. And we discussed that and we, we do that very well. Um, Cause like right now I work 12 hour days, but it's 14 hours. I'm away from home. Cause I got a 45 minute drive to work. Mm-hmm. So sometimes the most days they wait till seven, seven o'clock when I get home for dinner to eat dinner. even though the kids are hungry that, Hey, there's like, no, we're going to wait for dad to come home. We're going to yeah. sit down with family, eat dinner. I mean, I don't starve my kids. But. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we're waiting, okay? But, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and there's nights where I work uh-huh. a little bit later and we have to heat the food up and stuff like that. But that's uh, that's important to us because that's our time to, you know, put our cell phones on the counter and talk as a family to, 
you know, we, we were very, we asked the kids like, when, so my niece lived with me for two years. So we raised a 10 year old girl. And then when my boys here, older boy, and then so we had a very blended family at times. And mm-hmm. we tried to teach them very much about, you know, discussing your day, you know, learning and what did you learn today? What was you, you know, what was your challenges? And that's, that's our time to do that at the dinner table, you know? Yeah, when he's only home in the evening for that long, like we really have to utilize that time frame. And so, you know, for us, it was important to really like be present, be at the table, have a meal, you know, and if that's the only 45 minutes we spend as a big family, then at least we have a good solid, you know. And we both learned that from, you know, growing up in our families, that was that's so important to be like in the moment when Mm -hmm. you have your family together because I think sometimes we are thinking about the future Mm -hmm. and then you totally miss the opportunities to appreciate those moments yeah like talking about your day with the kids at the dinner table which is something really simple but it turns into these staple traditions that your family develops and it, it builds such a security for your kids and stuff mm-hmm. like that to have those staple traditions. Yeah. Um, like, I, I think it's interesting to hear you guys both came from traditional backgrounds. My husband had a very traditional like upbringing where his mom was like the homemaker and his dad went out and worked, but mm-hmm. I grew up in a very like kind of explosive, crazy like household, like my, my parents had gotten divorced when I was eight years old. And then, um, I didn't have like a good idea of what marriage was coming into marriage. And so I took all these ideas from like movies and stuff like that. And a lot of them are based around like romanticism rather than the actual work that you put in to keep the marriage going. And so, uh, when we got married, And that romanticism didn't happen like I saw in the movies because, you know, in the movies, it's like you, they show the couple falling in love, but, and they live happily ever after, but then nothing happens after that. They just live happily ever after, right? (laughs) The end. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But I also was being fed messages of like this new, like really strong feminist type of culture that was coming up at that time where women had careers and they were like really strong and they didn't work in the home and stuff like that. So I didn't have traditional views and he did. And so he automatically just kind of assumed that I would want to stay home Mm -hmm. and it it kind of really caused some crazy stuff in our, our marriage because I've talked to other line wives that kind of their husbands thought the same thing that their wife just wanted to stay home. So it's interesting now that you're staying home, as, uh, even though you had a career as an esthetician, like what contributed to those thoughts and those ideas to have you stay home now? Well, I think I always just kind of wanted to like be the one to raise my kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I actually became a stay at home mom, I was working for a chiropractor and I really, really enjoyed that. Um, but they're long days. Um, they, I was working like four tens. So Monday through Thursday, 10 hour days and finding childcare and his longer, I mean, 
my income wasn't really uh, what we were living off of. <laughs> um, and so when we had um, our youngest, I went back just two days a week and we were fortunate to have um, family friends and his mom watching our youngest. Well, then um, when the summer was ending and we were going to lose those, those, uh, that childcare for those two days, I, we were looking for sitters and it was like a no-go. <laughs> it was an immediate, like, mm-hmm. nope, not going to work for me. Um, and you know, when you don't have someone that you like absolutely can trust, it makes it so much harder. Mm-hmm. Um, he was also going to start working a lot more hours. And so I knew that it just, it wasn't in the cards for us. Yeah. Um, so that was something that he was like, you have to really want to come stay home. Like my two days a week were like, kind of like a little break. It was a vacation two days a week. And then, you know, the rest of the week was here and doing all things for the house and for the kids. But mm-hmm. he was like, you got to really, yeah. it has to be your decision. And you have to want to stay home full time. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. And um, yeah, one of the bigger two is I went back to construction line work back a year ago in August. I worked at the co-op for five years. I came up construction and then went to the co-op when we first started dating. Um, so I was actually working down in Southern California. And I was like, you either come down here or I come back home. I ain't doing this long distance thing, you know? And mm-hmm. so I ended up getting that job, worked the co-op for five years. And then we were like, okay, it's time to have kids. And then we realized like, okay, what kind of life do we want? And so we set some goals and uh, yeah, decided that construction is booming right now. So I decided to go back to construction. And so it was a big change. You know, I went from working four days a week, 40 hours a week to, you know, working some, I'm on a pretty good job right now, which I, it's nice. I've been home every night for the last year. So it's, it was a good decision. Um, but uh, that was a big contribution to her being at stay at home is we had to figure out, okay, where are we going to, make this extra money um because her income helped quite a bit you know when I was working at the co-op so that was a decision that we had to make last summer and I've been wanting to go back to construction for the last few years Mm -hmm. um and uh she could tell I was ready she finally was (laughs) like just do it go just it'll make you happier (laughs) he thrives in like working hard and like different challenges being challenged yeah it was I was you know I wasn't as challenged as much more being at the co-op for the last few years. And mm-hmm. she could tell it was, it was affecting our marriage. It, it does affect that, you know, and, you know, I think that it was one of the best decisions I ever did was go back to construction, even though I work a few more hours, it's made our life a lot better. We get along great. Um, I think in general, as a person, when you're yeah. not being pushed to like your limits and not living up to everything that you know, that you're capable of, it's hard mm-hmm. on your self your self-esteem mm-hmm. well, at least for us <laughs> I yeah. guess we shouldn't talk for everyone else but for <laughs> us that's kind of how we are and so when we mm-hmm. like we're kind of living a little bit more like mediocre and like not as you know challenging ourselves like yeah. it started to take a toll on mm-hmm. so and I could I could relate to you Kyle on that um I grew up construction as well traveled yeah. all over um I made the decision to stay at home as well to to go and hire on to a IOU, an investor-owned utility. 
Mm. Um, I lasted there for three years and that was probably the most miserable time I had ever experienced. Um, it, mm-hmm. Like you, it started affecting our marriage um, to the point where she wanted to leave me, you know, yeah. and it was the same thing. I didn't feel like I was being challenged. And when I was being, and when I, when I did step up to the plate and start doing things, I was met with opposition. I was met with, you're making us look bad. Why are you working so hard? Mm-hmm. Don't look at that. You know, I'd be like, Hey man, that's falling down. Don't look at it. Someone else will get it. You know what I mean? And yeah. whenever you, when you grow up in construction and you grow up with that pride in the industry of, Hey man, we can make this work. We can make this happen. And then you're met with guys who are like, don't even look at it. You're taking someone yeah. else's overtime, whatever. Yeah. You're it's almost like they're clipping your wings. Yep. You know what I mean? And that's how I felt. And my God, I was so miserable. <laughs> and you come home and you start, you know, it starts affecting you and it gets inside you and it starts affecting your family. I started taking my angst upon my wife and Absolutely. just being really miserable. What about you? Like, what did you well, feel during that? I can't, I want to kind of um, add a backstory to that. Like <clears throat> I prayed for him to be home yeah, for to seven years mm-hmm. and uh, because he was out of town all the time and you know, we were freshly married when he first got into the trade. And so it was really hard on me to be alone. Uh, and so we had prayed for him to be home working at the utility for seven years. He finally got to the utility. And I think for him, it was like, I okay, I've, I've arrived <laughs> and I've reached the pinnacle of what we prayed for. And now I don't really need to like do anything or work for anything after that point, even though you wanted to work hard, you weren't being challenged. And so it did cause major problems. And it was hard for me because I was like, okay, now that he's at the utility, I can start going to school and do things for myself and stuff. But those things kind of never took place because he just was not okay. He just was not in a good spot. And so we really had to like work on things. And I was always like, let's go on a date night and let's go do this. <laughs> and it, it wasn't until he finally got out of that position that it opened up like a space for us to reconnect. That's how much of a block it was in our marriage. I mean, just the environment he was in, it was a pretty toxic environment though. A lot, all the men didn't like their marriages or they were always, all of them were divorced like a couple of times over and mm-hmm it wasn't a very, very healthy environment. Yeah, it was, it was, it was pretty crazy. Um, what I didn't like is the fact, and I'm not trying to bash on utilities, whatever there's goods and they're bads, you know, like I was home every night, right. I knew where I was going to sleep, but even though I was home, I wasn't home because I was always on the overtime or always out. Right. Um, so that's one of the things that people got to understand when they get into utilities. It's like, okay, yeah, you may be at your home, but you're not going to be home because now you got to, if you're the lowest on the totem pole, guess what? You're taking the call outs. You're working those, those holidays and stuff like that. You know what I mean? And it's a, it's a, it's a trade-off. And I think it's important for couples to be able to reassess that. Right. Because when your spouse's dream becomes your spouse's nightmare, Mm. You got to reassess that. And that's what I did. Like, I was like, okay, I'm home. I'm not going to be on the road. You can go to school. And then now I'm not really home. You know what I mean? And even when I'm there, I'm like at work mode because I'm, I'm, I'm miserable. You know what I mean? I'm miserable. I'm thinking about the job. I'm thinking about the guy I'm working with. 
I'm thinking about how this dude almost got me killed. You know yeah. what I mean? All this different stuff going on. And um, it was just, it was, it was really toxic. It was really toxic. You know, yeah. we couldn't, we couldn't live in the moment. No. Um, which was really hard. And I think that takes away the joy of like your marriage is when you're not living in the moment. Um, and then he worked at night. So we didn't even get like the dinner time table time, yeah. which allows the family to really reconnect. So I think even if you don't get dinner time, if you can have breakfast time or some kind of time with all of your family, where you all get together around the table and you reconnect, mm-hmm. it really does make a difference if it's on a daily basis, because it's like yeah. you're grounding yourself back into the family dynamic, mm-hmm. which is yeah. good. How do you guys stay grounded when you get overwhelmed with life? I think just because our, well, our faith and our foundation of our marriage is, was so strong and like built so strong that even in the, in the craziness, like we are currently in like a really crazy season of our life. Like <laughs> people are like, you guys are crazy. Um, yeah. We're like trying to sell a house by a house, having a baby. Mm-hmm. All the it's, it's been crazy. <laughs> But just knowing like our realtor was like, you guys are crazy. How are you, how are you doing it? We had our like house going, this is the third time it's been under contract. And I'm like, we just have, I just have to say like, it's, it is what it is. God's plan is bigger than ours. And so no matter what, like knowing that it's going to come back to what's meant to be in God's will is like, that's how we stay grounded in it. And just Mm -hmm. knowing like, and routines, I mean, Mm -hmm for the, the everyday things, like knowing that we have routines and if one day or one week is going to be thrown off and crazy, we'll get back into our routine. Um, you know, the next week or the next day or whatever. And definitely like that, that took time to get to that point. Like Mm -hmm. she's a lot more laid back than I am. I'm more of the high stress person. And like, (laughs) I'm like, I don't like to be late to things, stuff like that type of person. Like, well, I don't like to be late to things either. <laughs> yeah, but, but like, you don't stress about it all the way until we she's get there. The type person that like it, it'll work itself out. It is what it is. It's gonna work. She she has that you know faith in herself and in in God's plan, and so do I. But it's taken me it's taken years of you know us figuring things out and what's worked and what hasn't worked. And when like uh, you know I used to. I'm my biggest thing. I I used to stress about money, being the provider for my family. Like I always want my family to have food on the table, roof of their head. And like when my bank account gets low, it puts a stress on me. And she knows that. And so you know, we we had like we had to discuss finances before we got married. We had to discuss all that. I think finances is where we were really different. Yeah, because I I I do all take care of all our finances, which a lot of times. In other marriages, the woman does it. In my opinion, like my mom did it for my dad, and my mom does her it. Her mom does it for their family, but I take care of it for mine because that was one of the things from my first marriage that caused a lot of issues. Mm-hmm. So I just learned um, to take care of that, and then um, we were also established. Like you had the house, you had <clears throat> car payments, you had where I like I had insurance on a used car that I paid cash for, like, you know, like my bills were like nothing, you know? So then I moved in with you and then I kind of just adapted into, into your finances, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. 
We're just kidding. You didn't have a lot of baggage. I did. I really didn't. You can't get a credit card for the first time. Like I didn't have a credit card. I was like, I don't need one. I I make money, then I spend it, and then I, you know, save what's left over. It. But I think you need credit. (laughs) I guess I do. But yeah, definitely. I think the biggest thing is we just really worked on what hasn't and has worked. Mm -hmm. Life gets stressful because we've gone through some tough times over the past just since we got married um you know and like with our first with our boy mm-hmm. she went in the hospital and wanted to have birth and it would turn into emergency c-section and we were not prepared for that you know yeah, um, a little bit you know and they can't they can't do much for six weeks it's a major thing for the woman and so it was like okay we got to figure out you know who's gonna help how can we who can help us here and figure out what days i can work and not work and and we just, we figured it out and we, we've definitely learned a lot mm-hmm. over the years on that stuff. And we've implemented that, you know, you, you gotta, we've learned to think of, okay, let's take, let's, let's see what hasn't worked. I feel like some people just keep trying, keep trying, keep trying, but they don't yeah. take a second to think, okay, this does not work. Let's, let's discuss this and make a plan of what we can try next time. Mm-hmm. That's helped us. We, we've tried to grow in our marriage. And that's helped us figure it out. That's what I keep hearing when you guys talk is that you guys are really fluid and adaptable. Whereas <laughs> like, I think couples that face rigidity in their marriage, it, it makes it really hard to flex and move with the ever-changing environment, the ever-changing things that take place in life. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what I keep hearing when you guys talk. You're like, well, yeah, I just kind of like I adapted to his lifestyle or you adapted with her or you guys talked about it and realized this wasn't working or you guys discussed your goals beforehand and then kind of stuck with the plan, Mm -hmm. which is really neat. Yeah, especially coming from guys like, you know, guys in our trade or industry and stuff like that, a lot of times we're hard dudes. I mean, I'll be honest. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I was in the military, you know, I, you know, I was a combat medic, stuff like that. I've worked with some of the greatest men on earth, you know, and coming into the line industry, these guys were just as hard, if not harder. Yeah. Our mindsets are out of control. Our egos, yeah. right. Sometimes our egos. And with yeah. that being said, you know, being that hard, that rigidity that she talks about a lot of times we don't want to bend it's our way or no way, you know, and how many times in our industry have we talked about six, one way, half a dozen, the other way, as long as there's the same, the same end goal, right? It's, you know, we can do it. There's different ways for every different thing. And you get these guys who are just stuck in their ways who don't want to bend. And I was one of them, right? Who no, this is the way it is. And just like in our marriage too, Mm -hmm. I deal with the finances. Mm-hmm. you know what I mean and she kind of just came so in and I had my <laughs> bank account and we've had that bank account for going on 18 years now 19 years you know what I mean so and that's just the way it was you know but um, I think a lot of times that rigidity that unwillingness to bend really does affect a marriage so it's <clears throat> good to see that you guys are able to multitasking multitasking. yeah we want to multitask but there's no such thing as multitasking because somewhere some way something's going to fail you're not going to be good at everything right so so i think 
in a marriage, in life in general, being where your feet are, where if you're at work, be at work 100%, focus on that. And you're in your marriage, at the dinner table, whatever, be there, be 100% there, focus on that. You know what I mean? And I think that helps out more than just trying to take on all these different tasks where we're spreading ourselves thin. I had a guest come on here and we talked about how voltage leaks, right? You have a transformer, it's overloaded. You know, you have all these different services coming off it. You're losing voltage, right? You're having these drops as it goes, right? Mm-hmm. It's the same thing with us. If we have all these different things where this, our energy is being leaked out to, we're not going to have enough. We're not going to have enough for our children. We're not going to have enough for our wife. Yep. We're not going to have enough for our work. So we got to really just concentrate on where we're at at that moment. You know, yep. live, in, live in that moment, right? Yeah. Being in the present, man, that's... That's something that me and her actually, we've been complimented on that by people. When she worked at the chiropractor, they never knew a thing that was going on at home. She mm-hmm. could take, she could, she would, she would be hundred percent there at work, mm-hmm. work, work a day. And they, you know, I don't know. We literally adopted our niece and my boss was like, I didn't realize you really, it was like that serious of the problem. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, why don't you talk about it? Like I come to work and I do my work and then I come home mm-hmm. and I go home and like, and same, same with, you know, me, that's one thing I always tell guys in the trade is like, you got to keep family life at, at mm-hmm. home, unless it's an emergency and focus on what you're doing, because what we do is very dangerous. Yeah. You, you can't be mm-hmm. thinking in the back of your head. Okay. What is my wife got going on right now? And as you're dealing with live wires, you know, one little mistake and you're not going to have another chance. So mm-hmm. something that we both strive and we, we teach that to our kids, um, you know, being in the present of mm-hmm. where you're at. And when I come home from work, my work stays at work and I come home and I devote my time to my kids and my wife. And, you know, I, she, we just, like I said, we adapt when, before I work this job that I'm on right now, mm-hmm. we put our younger boy to bed at uh, like seven, seven thirty. but Haley's like, okay, your bedtime is going to change to like eight thirty nine, so that mm-hmm. you could spend time with your dad so that I can see him when I come home. So we just adapted, like he goes to bed later. Um, that's our younger two-year-old boy. Um, so, cause or else I wouldn't get to see him the whole week, you know? So we just learned to work as a team and adapt that way in, in being in the present. And we hold each other accountable for that. Mm-hmm. Too. Like we will tell each other like, Hey, get off the phone, focus. Like, come on, we got mm-hmm. like family time going on right now. And, and we've learned to not argue back with each other mm-hmm. and, it, you know, all these things that we talk about haven't come easy. It's been a work in progress the last seven years. I mean, our first two years of dating were just fun, but <laughs> um, it got real when, you know, she, she moved in and we had to make sure our family was going to work. And then we got married. And I was, I was one of the reasons I think it took so long for me to even ask her to marry me is I was scared to death to get married again until mm-hmm. I had a lot of conversations with some influence of influential men in my life and they basically just said why why what's keep what's holding you back and I was like nothing other than my previous marriage and they're like well is she like that and I'm like, nope so yeah it's it's uh she changed my life <laughs> <laughs> close it in right coming off yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that's one of the important things that we uh, our foundation is kind of built upon is is really helping men like 
look at their situation and want to work on their relationship. So that way, when they come <clears throat> to the workplace, they are safe and they're in the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, because I know that sometimes men have a tendency to kind of be in an avoidant type of attachment style where they will work a lot or really delve into their hobbies or things like that. So that way they don't have to deal with the pain of what's happening at home. But that's kind of one of the things that we really wanted to address with the podcast is because if you start working on the things at home and you start fixing those things, you actually free up this brain space to be able to be present in the moment and enjoy those moments or to be at the job site and not be freaking out or worrying because your wife is not happy and you know you're like Mm -hmm. with us when he when things weren't good in our marriage like he would get off of work and then he would probably be regretting talking to me at the end of the day because I was dealing with so much at home I was just so overwhelmed all the time Mm -hmm. and it was it sometimes those were really hard conversations I would try to refrain from dumping on him after work. Cause I didn't, I knew he was in a dangerous job, but at the same time I was like, not okay. Yeah. yeah. And it was definitely hard. Cause I was out of state. I mean, there's not much you can do, you know, from several hundred or a thousand miles away, you know what I mean? And say for instance, you had a great day at work, your, your crew got the out of boy or whatever, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and so you're freaking feeling all this high and then your wife calls you. And then all of a sudden, She's telling you about how the kid broke his leg or something happened or the pump gave out or, or, you know, we had a lot of animals. We had a farm that she had to take care of. We had over 300 chickens, three kids, five dogs, four cats, you know, and, and, you know, acreage with like 20 some fruit trees and grass. And if the grass was not good, when he got home, he was sad. Oh, dude, I'd get so mad. I I would come home and I'd be like, my God, what did you do here? (laughs) That's that's me right there. Yeah. But we were like trying to grow grass and sand and, (laughs) and the 300 chickens would rip up the grass. So it was like, what am I going to, how do I keep this grass going? (laughs) It was counterproductive. It was crazy. Like I worked so hard to keep it going until finally I was like, you know what, this is crazy. Kind of like what you talked about, Kyle, how you have to reassess it, you know what I mean? And doing the same thing over and over again, that's considered insanity, right? And expecting a different result. Well, that's kind of where I was at. And I see that in a lot of men that I talk to, they get stuck in that rut to where they're doing the same thing over and over again. And sometimes it takes another person to see it because you can't see it while you're in it. You just don't know it's not working. And then we're so driven as men, so hard-headed, Yep. by golly i'm gonna make it work i don't give a crap if i gotta unload yeah. you know three yards of dirt by hand because i don't have the tractor today you know what i mean or whatever Which you're gonna did. do it and we did twice literally with like a wheelbarrow and yep. shoveling to level yeah. out our land it was crazy <laughs> <laughs> oh. but uh yeah it's definitely one of those things where you know, you got to be self-aware and you got to deal with those issues, you know, because yeah. they will affect your family eventually, you know, yeah. whatever you don't deal with, you internalize, especially for men. I think this is where a lot of men are having suicide, you know, because in our industry, a lot of guys are committing suicide right now. 
you mm-hmm. know, and what it is, is with men, we don't know how to deal with our issues. We don't want to really talk about our issues. So we yeah. internalize those issues and then it comes out in another form, which is anger. So yeah. we start being angry with our spouse in turn, that's not good because now that's putting out of pressure to us because they're unhappy. And then eventually either you get divorced or you go into this sad bubble where you don't want to talk about anything. And then next thing you know, you feel like there's no, there's no hope, you know, or you anesthetize with all kinds of different things like hobbies and stuff like that. But yeah, it's, it's interesting to be able to look at those things, but I think it, it's important too for wives to make a safe space for their husband to come to them. Mm -hmm. So how do you make a safe space for Kyle? Haley, like, how do you keep it safe? So he knows he can come to you like about whatever it is that he needs to come to you. Mm -hmm. I don't know. (laughs) Um, She's a good listener. Mm. She, she is. Um, Thanks for taking that one. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I just think that more than just like marriage, we're a team, we're friends. Like we are, I feel like we, I mean, we just go to each other for everything. Like we have done a really good job of making sure that like, you know, if there is something hard, like we can figure it out together and, you know, we work, you work hard, (laughs) we play hard. (laughs) Um, but I think just being someone that is right for I mean, we're right for each other, mm-hmm. in my opinion. <laughs> so I think that that makes it easier to talk to. Yeah. But we, we started at the beginning, like I said, it wasn't always this easy. Um, we, uh, you know, when, I, when we first got together, I'm more of kind of what you were saying, David, is I, I held a lot of stuff in um, from my divorce from you know I felt like I had a my heart was stoned dude it was like I couldn't give to anybody um I couldn't it was hard for me to love and all that jazz you know and because mm-hmm. I just went through some tough times and then <clears throat> went through some tough times with my parents and um it definitely wasn't until we got together and I started talking about these things and she would she's mm-hmm. very good at like looking at it she's very good at looking at it from a different perspective mm-hmm. she can I, I always go to her I'm like hey what what's your perspective on this because she can look at it from a way different perspective than I can even if I don't agree with her <laughs> mm-hmm. um but um you know I started talking about my past and stuff and we started going over things and mm-hmm. And then, and then I, you know, talked about some things with, you know, some of our mentors in our life and that's helped over the years. We definitely have had, you know, got, we've had people in our lives that we've gone to and sat or sat down with multiple discussions and worked mm-hmm. things out of how we can do better. Getting, getting somebody else's perspective is the number one key and, you know, swallowing your pride as a man and being vulnerable and being able to discuss those things is it's hard, but you will be better in the end if you do it. Yeah. Um, she used to be the type of person that just cried all the time. Like, mm-hmm. and that was something that we had to work on. Um, and she's good now. Like, it's just, 
she's got this she's it's like once a week she's now got this <laughs> she's a very strong woman now you know and not she wasn't she was strong back then but she she did have those times where we would try to discuss things and we weren't even fighting we were just discussing things and she would just break down Mm-hmm. And I think that goes and back to. I was to, like, "Well, I can't talk to you now because anything I say is going to make it worse." And yeah. you can't even have, words can't even come out of your mouth. No. <laughs> so yeah. those were things that we had to discuss with people, and so you know, some of our close um, mentors, and that's helped over the years. And uh, like I said, it, it's it's definitely getting it out. Mm-hmm. It's way better than balling it in because it's for me like if I leave it inside of me, it's going to come out and it's going to come out bad and it's not going to be good. And I'm going to blow up and it's going to be taken out on probably my family because that's where I'm more comfortable in this household rather than at work. Or it sometimes does come out at work where (laughs) I've been around guys that have a lot of issues going on and they got a lot of stuff balled out and they're just pissed off and angry at work. Mm -hmm. Um, but Yeah. yeah, I think, uh, that was a little bit of a rabbit trail. I feel like that. <laughs> um, no, that yeah. was good. Um, I was thinking about that when when you were talking about keeping it inside, David, and that's that's something yeah. that I had to work on over the years. And I definitely, you know, I had to sit down and have a hard conversation with my parents because we were not getting along and mm-hmm. not happy, and I was mad at them. And one day we. We're outside my house and I was like, we're going to have a hard conversation. It's going to suck. Mm-hmm. And been better ever since. Yeah. Having those hard conversations is key. It's crazy that you said that because just today, um, I had a hard conversation with my old man. And this is the first time I've ever had a heart to heart with him like that. Um, mm-hmm. I love my dad. He's a hard dad. And uh, we finally had a heart to heart. And it was good. It was good just to get those emotions out and just to be able to tell him and tell him, I love you, you know, and yep. just to hear, I'm proud of you and the man you've become, you know, and it was, it was emotional, you know what I mean? But as men, we need to hear that, you know, we got to have those hard conversations, you know, that's something that I was never able to do and never wanted to do. That was the only man I have ever feared in my life. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yep. And uh, I had never heard him cry. The only time I heard him cry is when I lost my younger brother. And other than that, I've never heard him cry. And this is the second time I've ever heard him cry. And, uh, you know, so it's good. It's good to have those conversations and get those emotions out and to be able to discuss it as men, you know, because that's what a true man is. The true man is being able to, to share and have that, that empathy and have that realization, you know, just like with her, you're able to come to her because she created that safe space. Right. Mm-hmm. And you're able to share them. You may not agree with what she says. Cause I know like for me, sometimes I come to my wife and I might not agree what she's saying, but deep down <laughs> inside it's affecting me, you know, it, yeah. it, it's really working on me. In fact, and I'll give you one example. I stopped drinking probably 15 years ago. Okay. And it wasn't because me being a Christian, it wasn't because of, of me, you know, every single bad thing I ever did in my life was because I was drunk, right? Every bad decision and all that. It wasn't any of that. You know, I started justifying drinking. Oh, well, Jesus turned water into wine. That was the first miracle. And, you know, <laughs> you can be drunk or you can drink, but you can't be drunk and all this other stuff. I tried every single thing. Right. And yeah. I like to drink. And uh, she came to me one day and while I was, you know, cooking on the gazebo and she's like, Hey, I'm not going to tell you, you can't drink. 
So, but if you're okay with your daughter growing up and having that smell and getting familiar with that smell on you, and she goes up to grow up and to be familiar and comfortable with that smell in another man, then I'm okay with that. I'll never bother you again. And that's what hit me. It hurt. It hurt bad. And I'm like, oh, why the hell would you say that to me? You know what I mean? But dude, it, it cut me deep, bro. And I have never touched alcohol ever since that day. It's awesome, man. But it was those hard conversations like that, you know? Yeah. And I got to give you, you know, props for that because that took her to be, I mean, that's some courage for her to come to me and talk to me like that. Cause I was not the easiest person to talk to. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'd have to like, Fluff up the the area first, you know. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you're so that courage. <laughs> hey, my best friend. <laughs> hey, buddy. Guess what? <laughs> yeah. So it, it's um it's good because when you can talk about the difficult things, uh, when they come up, it makes like simple conversations easier. So I know mm-hmm. in a lot of marriages, you can't even have simple conversations. I know at one point in our marriage. We couldn't even have simple conversations without them turning into a fight because I was harboring so much hurt and pain and he had so much hurt and offense and stuff like that, where the simplest thing, like, I'll just give you an example. One day I made pancakes and I made blueberry, like I warmed up some blueberries for my son and, but I didn't warm up blueberries for him. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, oh, I feel disrespected because you didn't warm up blueberries for me why did I get blueberries like it was just something so simple (laughs) but it really he was really dealing with some internal battles Mm -hmm. in our marriage that came out in that simple conversation um and it turned out into like a fight Mm -hmm. over blueberries And and it wasn't necessary the blueberries it was like what what we were talking about Kyle internalizing stuff I was dealing with not feeling respected yeah. in yeah. our marriage, you know, cause that's a man, you know, there's a book called uh, love and respect by uh, Dr. Um, e- Emerson Egerix, Right. Yeah. And he talks about the deepest need for a man is respect. The deepest need for a woman is love. They need to feel love. And it's this vicious cycle that continues to go. When a wife doesn't feel loved, she won't give the man respect. When the man doesn't have respect, he will not give this wife love. And it's this crazy cycle that they fall upon, right? And uh, he talks about how that's our need. We need to feel respected. And at that moment, it came out with those pancakes at Blueberry, which was (laughs) not necessarily anything to do with anything, right? But it came out because I hadn't dealt with it because I hadn't talked to her about how I was feeling internally. I had just put it in until, like you said, it freaking had no place to go and it came out with blueberries <laughs> you know? yeah. yeah no that's uh that when you're hit on that love and respect thing that's um i think we have that book mm-hmm. yeah. yeah um we uh that that makes me hit on a point of when we learned when i learned about the five love languages mm. and that's you know striving to be better in those has also helped our marriage and everything like everything that you work on your marriage hopefully will make your marriage stronger Um, that's what's helped us over the years but like for her we're completely opposite on what makes us happy she wants quality time so she likes her I'm like cuddle time touching like five minutes ten minutes every day you know whether it's on the couch whether it's right before we go to sleep um, we can lay in bed and you can just like 
Told you, yeah. For five minutes, <laughs> we're great. Like, so I'm, I'm like hey, even though I'm tired. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna cut on back. Like, yeah, um, we touch feet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not feet. I hate feet though. <laughs> but uh, she, uh, and then for me, like you said, it's it's I can see where that respect thing completely comes into play. Like when I come home, she, you know, she doesn't have, I've never asked her to do this, but she will, um, she tries to make sure that dinner's ready. Mm-hmm. If I'm working late hours, if I'm, if I come home before dinner time, then she'll, I'll help her cook it, whatever. But she tries to make sure that dishes are done. And um, like, I've never one time asked her to make my lunch, but she's, she'll do it here and there. Cause she knows that I'm tired this night and and we're going to have to get that 15 minutes of extra sleep the next morning. And so she will, she, she just really is really thoughtful of that. And that makes me feel respected mm-hmm. um, that this hard work is for not just myself, but for my family. Mm-hmm. Um, I think um, what I keep hearing in, in all these couples that we talk to is that the successful marriages are successful because they continue to prioritize each other over anybody else. Yep. And right. I hear that, like, even in your marriage, you prioritize like his making a lunch for him, putting dinner on the table. So that way, when he comes home, that's one less thing he has to worry about. And that's you showing him how much you love him and, and care for him and respect him and vice versa. Like you're coming to her about your feelings or you'll hug her in the bed, even though that might not be something you really particularly want to do for five yeah. minutes, <laughs> but you'll do it anyway, because you value her as a person. Mm. And I think that it, makes for a successful marriage is when you value the other person above anybody else yeah and I think like going back to talking about like how you can come to me for things and be in a safe place like we've talked recently about um knowing that even if it is a hard conversation that we're going to have with each other or a criticism or a correction, anything along those lines, Mm -hmm. knowing that, or even if we are in an argument of something, knowing that like the foundation of that is not coming from any place of like hatred or anger. Like it's coming from wanting us to be better in the long run um, as individuals and as, as a couple, always knowing that like the end result is not like to harp on you or to, you know, vice versa, like, you know, to change me or anything. It's, it's to make our relationship and our household better and run smoother and things like that. Mm -hmm. Comes out of a a place of love versus anything else. Like letting each other grow too. Mm -hmm. But me letting, like letting each other grow in your own areas. You know, when we had our discussions, before we got married and as we were dating of what we expected out of each other, like you can't expect them to change like that. You have to let that person grow. And that's been on my part, I've had to be super patient about that. Um, Mm -hmm. Because yeah, we just, we were raised differently, Mm -hmm. but also similar in different, in certain areas. Um, And I've had to let you grow a lot. You've had to let me grow a lot. And when I think you're really good at like, okay, taking something and being like, oh, that's what you want changed. Or like, that's what we need to work on. Like, boom, it's, it's worked on. And I'm like, 
oh, I gotta, I gotta really get to that point, <laughs> you know? So like, he has to be a lot more patient with me. I feel like but if yeah. I'm like, Hey, let's, uh, let's drink more water. Then he's like, yeah. <laughs> he, he's had three more water bottles in yeah. a day. And I'm like, well, well, I took a few more sips today. <laughs> you know, like, uh, yeah. he's re- really good at, I'm not as good at with criticism, I should say. Yeah. But I'm always like, you got to be patient with me, babe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're kind of the same way. David's like the, the driver. Like, yeah. <laughs> like we, in our old house, he would be like, what do you want to do in the front yard? And I would tell him what my plans were. And then like that day he would be calling a bulldozer and all this stuff. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I, they, those weren't set in stone. He's like, well, let's get it done. Yeah. Um, and so then it would be like already in the works and stuff like that. But it was, it was always interesting because it's important kind of to have the opposites mm-hmm. present mm-hmm. because I do ground him because there would be times where he would be working out of town all week. And then he'd go to the mountains and like bring home all kinds of wood and then like erect an entire fortress around our house with this new Latia fence. And, and then I would have to be like, okay, you really need a rest. Like, and they go back to work. This is not okay. (laughs) I mean, you're going to like burn yourself out. So it's really important kind of to have those, Mm -hmm. those opposites. But um, I wanted to say one thing that I thought was interesting. um, We are on the same team. And like what you're saying, that when you go into a fight, believing and knowing that that person really means for the best, rather than to tell you something to hurt you, they really just, they're saying it for the success of the marriage. He always used to tell me because I had such a bad perspective of our marriage and it, it was really a lot of my own thinking, but he would always tell me, I'm not your enemy. Mm. Like I am we're on the same team. We're fighting for the same thing. And he, I always remember that your spouse is not your enemy. If Mm. you guys are fighting for the same thing and you both want the same thing, you guys are not enemies. You're on the same team and you're so much stronger when you're working together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, Kyle, (laughs) we, uh, we appreciate you guys coming on here and uh, talking to us. Haley, thank you for coming on and sharing on our show. I know it's going to help out a lot of our listeners. And uh, can I ask you guys to go ahead, if you want to share with our audience, how people can get a hold of you just in case they want to reach out to you on Instagram or something like that. Um, if they have questions. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and thank you. We're truly honored that uh, you asked us to be on the show. We had a good time. It was fun. A lot of laughs and um, hopefully, uh, you know, the audience can take what they want and learn and, you know, help their, help their marriage out with whatever they got out of what we've discussed here. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, for me, um, I gotta figure out what my, I know I just had to pull up. I was like, I don't know. For, for, uh, my social media, I'm on Instagram and Facebook and my Instagram is where you're just Kyle Vandermolly all one word. Yeah. Just Kyle Vandermolly all one word. Um, same with my Facebook, they're linked together and you're, uh, my Instagram is Hey H A I Vandermolly, and then my Facebook is just Haley Vandermolly. Okay, so yeah, and we'll, we'll put that on the show notes as well. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, thank you guys once again. You guys just continue to do what you're doing, and uh, we thank you for coming on and sharing with our audience. Thanks for absolutely, having us. absolutely. Thank you guys, absolutely. Oh, and uh, congratulations too, and 
God bless you on, on your new baby that's coming. Thank awesome. you. Thanks. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.